Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Hi, everybody. I'm June. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater and very grateful I could get connected tonight. Um, I guess I just need to um, kind of qualify. I got on, tried to get on this meeting about 15 minutes before it started and we have this big rainstorm and my internet's out. So thank goodness for my phone. So I'm being flexible tonight. Okay, so um, yeah, let me get into my story. I've got uh, 42 years of abstinence, 35 years of um, really the food abstinence and 43 years next month of being in OA. So I've got a lot of years um, and how to condense so much in 18 minutes is tough. So I'm gonna give it my best shot. First of all, I got into OA, I mean, really the disease has been around even as a kid. I was shy, sensitive. Um, I was the type of kid that was a little above average in height, big boned, um, and a little bit above in weight, but really still on the um, realm of quote, the normal range. And I grew up in a family that it was required to look good. I was a good, I'm a good rule follower. I was a good girl as a little girl. And um, there were family members in that had this disease of compulsive overeating. We had a lot of celebrations around food. The family was very much food focused. And so, um, so I learned very early, you know, how to eat very well. It ran in my family. And in fact, I'm not surprised if it killed one of my family members and it probably didn't say um, compulsive overeating on the death certificate. So it's alive and well in my family. But what happened for me is when I got to puberty, of course you quit growing and, um, but I kept eating. And so the weight came on very, very quickly, 30, 40 pounds in a year, year and a half time. And so I was lucky in the fact that I got introduced to OA very early. I had a family member who was in it. They obviously, they were losing weight. They had a sparkle about them. They seemed like, um, they, they just seemed so much more happy. And it really was inspiring to me. And so I decided I would go to my first meeting and I was pretty young. And so I, I walked into my uh, first OA meeting and I have to say, and I, I think this is a higher power thing. I've never not come back to OA. That's to me, such a miracle, but it was confusing. Um, I felt very welcomed. There was something I knew very special about this, this program. And so I decided to ask this woman who could have been my grandmother to be my sponsor. This was over a little bit of time uh, because I didn't really understand how the steps worked and how it all worked. And thank goodness she made it in a way 
to adapt it to my young mind in a very, very simple way. And she recommended that, you know, just have a simple food plan, call her in the morning with it, ask my higher power for help, and then thank my higher power at night. And, um, and that was that. And I did that one day at a time, kept going to meetings and it came to my fourth step. And she again, made it really simple. I did my four step on an index card. I had on the left side, a plus sign and on the right side, a negative side. And I list my character traits and there were four or five of them on each side. You know, I was a nice person. And on the, the negative side, I was fearful. I was angry and so on. And I met her in front of a church and in about five minutes, I read my fourth step and that was that. And I was just beaming and I lost my weight. I was feeling great. And I really thought at the time I had this OA thing figured out. I was just, just so happy to share it with anybody. So um, moving on and becoming adulting, I, um, you know, and as I grew up too, part of part of my disease, I lived in different places. And so I knew really well how to be lonely and isolated. And that's especially where I, I um, went to food. And so when I when I got out on my own, um, I decided, you know, I, I started to live in different locations. And at the time, OA wasn't around as much as it is today. And of course, there was not the technology. So in you know, my first location, I wasn't able to get to really meetings, but I was um, able to call my sponsor and go through the literature and you know, work my program that way. However, I thought I could start perhaps having a bite. And um, one bite led to a few bites. And before I knew it, I was getting back into the food, but still reading the literature and still calling my sponsor when I would get into the food. And my weight really started to yo-yo. Um, and, and that became more concerning because as I started to gain weight, then I thought, well, maybe if I could get into some exercise bulimia, that might be the trick for me to lose. So I would exercise myself just a lot so I could binge. And so it became to where it was 10 pounds on and 10 pounds off within a week to two weeks. And I had a closet with different clothes sizes. I was afraid that if I were going to get, you know, too heavy, I wouldn't have anything to wear. And of course, um, you know, as I lost weight, I wanted to make sure I had something. So um, it just really became up and down and up and down. And um, so I thought maybe moving might do the trick that that would make me happier. I felt isolated, lonely, there were no meetings where I was living. So I moved. And, um, and so when I moved, at the time, there was a how meeting down the street. And I thought, you know, this might be the trick for helping me in my program. And at this point, my binging had started to turn into getting in the car in the afternoons because I would be in a lot of pain and going from one like 7-Eleven to different fast foods and getting the white flour and the sugar and the, the bucket of something and bringing it all back and eating so much sugar and white flour that physically, physically, I would break out in a sweat, I would be, um, 
I would get headaches. I would like pass out, almost blackout, get in a food fog and the next day be hung over. So it was really getting worse. I'm really grateful that I didn't, I mean, I, I, I survived that. So, you know, like I said earlier, there's a how meeting down the street from me and I decided I would give that a try. So I went to a how meeting and um, what I liked, you know, it was very structured at the time, much different than some of the how meetings that I've gone to fairly recently. They had things like you couldn't talk after you've been, you know, to the meeting after a certain period of time. They had different gray sheet, yellow sheet. You know, you had to start out with the gray sheet. They had 30 questions and you had to answer a question each day and they were fabulous questions. But I got myself a sponsor and I would always get to after 30 days is when you could, I believe, sponsor. I always would get to day 27 or 28 and I would get back into the food and I would binge and then I'd have to start back on those dang 30 questions. And by the time I got to the fifth round of that, and I like to talk about this as my chicken Parmesan story, because during the time my sponsor, you know, got me through, started the questions and I got to day 29. And at the end of each day, I would call in my food and I'd gone out to eat that night and I'd given my sponsor my food, which at the time was a Parmesan chicken, no pasta because it was white flour, vegetables and a salad. And she got really quiet. And she said, hmm, I think you might have had a slip. I think there is white flour in the breading. Let me call my sponsor back and I'll call you back. So about 10 minutes later, I get a call back from my sponsor. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, June, you had a slip. You had a slip. You need to start all over again. I was pissed. And you know what you're, when you're pissed and you're a compulsive overeater, I had like the ultimate binge, you know, and I thought I can't keep doing this. This is ridiculous. And I was so pissed off at OA. You guys were screwing up my eating. I had no idea how to eat anymore. And I had so much fear around food. I was afraid if I ate too much, I, you know, I was gaining weight. I was afraid of losing too much. I was afraid of the craziness that the disease was doing to me. I did not know how to eat. I had so much fear around food and I would go to meetings and I'd see people that would have long-term abstinence. And it was perplexing to me. Like, how do you work this program long-term? I had no clue. And I was pretty much at the bottom of the barrel at this point. And I really was mad at OA, but you know, I did not not go back. I decided at that point, I'd known that there were some regular OA meetings a little further than where I lived, but I heard that they were pretty good. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try and go to a regular OA meeting. So I went to a regular OA meeting and it was a pretty strong meeting and there were a number of sponsors. And so when I walked into that meeting, you know, I, I sat there and I, I, I looked across the room and there were a number of people that just seemed to really share some great stuff. But one particular woman really had a sparkle about her an ease and joy. And she'd lost 125 pounds and she kept it off for like 25 years and I just thought, I'm going to ask her to be my sponsor. 
And so I decided I would. And um, we talked after the meeting and she said, you know, June, she said, I'm willing to sponsor you, but you've got to be willing to undo what you've learned, let go and open up and trust and do things differently. And she proceeded to tell me how she had her abstinence. And she said, she told me her abstinence was around the third tradition. And that third tradition is the desire to quit eating compulsively. And all you need to do is ask your higher power to lift that desire to quit eating compulsively every morning, even in the moment, and trust that your higher power is going to do that. And then there's the food plans. And I want you to have a very you know, healthy food plan, three meals a day. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to be honest. And I want you to just call in with your honest of your food plan and give that to me and do that one day at a time. And then she would tell me too and about tasting my food. I never knew what food tasted like. I was binging and eating so fast. And she said, you know, also, it's really about the power of choice. And I thought if you put a plate of food in front of me, I had to eat the whole thing. I never knew when I turned over my food to my higher power every day that I can get the help to, you know, choose that I can pick up a fork. I can pick up a fork to have one bite. I can pick up a fork to have two bites. I can have a quarter of the portion. I can have a half portion. I don't have to be black and white when it comes up to food. And, you know, when I, in the beginning would kind of goof up and, and, and have some binges as I was starting to get abstinent. And when I would call her, she would be really quiet. And she would tell me, she'd go, you know, did you enjoy your binge? And I would just kind of laugh. She said, well, if you're going to binge, you might as well enjoy it instead of being so hard on yourself. And just that perspective and that love and that grace was really huge for me. And the other thing, when it came time to do a four-step, the feelings were really starting to come out and it was hard to do a four-step. And I was living alone at the time. So my sponsor would just have me come over, even if it was even in the evening, in the middle of the night and crash on her floor or folding out couch. I don't remember what she had, but I would go through my chunks of my four-step and um, just go through it and then read it to her little bits at a time in a fifth step. That was really, really, really helpful. So I feel like, you know, at that point, you know, this is around eight or so years into the program. This is kind of where the rubber hit the road, that real notion of changing my perspective around food, you know, OA is not a diet. And it's, it's really letting go of that white knuckling and food started to become more at ease. And I was tasting food. I was choosing life-affirming healthy foods. And um, that's when it really started to open up and my recovery started to progress. Well, since that time, I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened in, since the first eight Three years. Minutes of the program. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to speed it up here a little bit. Um, since, since then, 
you know, I have to say today, the desire to quit eating compulsively by the grace of God is mostly lifted 99% of the time. I've have a flexible food plan and it's changed with me as I've aged, as I've been pregnant and having to gain weight in my postpartum in eating out. Um, I'm also willing to feel feelings and not eat. You know, when I get to that fork in the road where I think I could, you know, I'll have a day where I'll get up and go, wow, would food fix this? And I have more of that future thinking, remembering, you know, I could go down that, that rabbit hole of binging and how I felt physically, or I could just feel the feeling and not go down that rabbit hole and that pause and trusting that my higher power, you know, asking for help always, you know, I'll take little baby steps of action where I might make a call or do a little bit of writing or um, get on my knees. And that can be monumental. Um, I feel like my spiritual muscle has grown from just a little bit of hope to great big. Sometimes, sometimes I go back to a little bit of spiritual muscle, but it's there. And I really do know my higher power has my back. And that's really that third step. And also, you know, letting go of expectations with myself and how things should be. I'm amazed at almost 43 years, how much more I still have to learn in this program to be teachable. And, you know, my spirituality and the relationship with my higher power has really grown more for the relationship that I have with myself today. I am really still learning how to love and accept myself, to nurture myself to have compassion, to have self-forgiveness. And because I have it now, and I have to tell you, I hated my guts when I came into these rooms. And it was you people who loved me until I could love myself. And, you know, honestly, now that I'm growing in my own self-love, I'm able to give that away. And that's such a huge, huge gift. And lastly, I just want to end on my speaking. I really believe embodying you know, the God, the good orderly direction, really living in the day, being in the moment and embodying the spiritual principles of the 12 steps. And I'll just read them really quickly. Number one is honesty. Two is hope. Three is faith. Four is courage. Five is integrity. Step six is willingness. Step seven, humility. Step eight is self-discipline. Step nine is love. Step 10 is perseverance. Step 11 is spiritual awareness. And step 12 is service. And for that, I'm grateful. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be of service and to be able to speak tonight. Thank you all for being here. And with that, I'll pass.